Good morning, everyone. This is Jeff with CyberPro Podcast. It is a sunny Thursday, and we are back again with another fascinating episode. Today, my guest is the CEO of Black Swan Cybersecurity, Mike Saylor. Good morning. Good morning. In a few words, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? I'll try to do it in a few words. I'm, I'm pretty long-winded sometimes. But uh, so I'm a, uh, well, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm a learner, life learner. I'm currently working on my doctorate in cybersecurity as well. Um, been in cyber for NIT for almost 30 years. I've been a college professor for almost 24 years. Uh, an innovator, I'm a researcher, uh, I'm a mentor. Uh, but I think, uh, sum it all up, I, I love to teach, I love to share. Uh, whether it's cyber or life lessons or uh, job career path discussions. Uh, I just, I love the support, especially in the community, uh, wherever I can. I, I love the two key words you just said. You're a, an entrepreneur slash CEO, as well as an instructor teacher. Um, that is a very fascinating delta. So let's talk about that for a second. Uh, with that background of doing and teaching, what do you find to be the most fascinating aspect of being a cyber professional during these crazy times? Well, what, what's interesting is there, you know, cybersecurity is kind of this sexy thing. People see it on TV, they hear about it, you know, whether it's the news or a movie, and they want to do it. You know, they don't, they don't feel. Fulfilled in their current role, whether they're in medical or legal or accounting or IT operations, they they want to gravitate to this new thing that's probably got a really long and uh, probably unending career opportunity uh, career path. Um, and so they get into cyber. And as a teacher, I see all these excited people. I'm going to do cyber. I'm going to learn. And I ask them, well, what is it that you want to do in cyber? And they're like, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, I just want to do cyber. I said, well, that's, that's kind of like saying you want to be a doctor. A doctor of what? Uh, foot doctor, ear, nose, throat, brain doctor. I actually had a, I had a neuroscience uh, graduate. Uh, he, he graduated a university degree and, and came to uh, our cyber program because he was waiting uh, for his, uh, his medical training to start. Hmm. And uh, he actually enjoyed cyber enough that he, he changed careers. After investing so much time in becoming a brain surgeon, now he's a cyber guy. But what's what's fascinating to me is people are excited about the topic of cyber, but they don't really even know what it means. And so then you you dig into some of the well, what are what are the different jobs and disciplines in cyber? And then they they think, well, I saw that on I know what a hacker is. I saw that on TV. I want to be a hacker. Okay, well let's 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 dive into what it means to be a hacker. And they learn very quickly that that uh, and for the most part. Uh, most of them learn very quickly that being a hacker is not the life choice they want. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to. They, they enjoy their sleep too much. They enjoy their social life too much. They um, they're easily distracted, and and they 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 want a job today that pays well, not have to invest the next five years in getting the experience they need to be a, a true, uh, you know, notable hacker that makes a lot of money. Uh, and then you've got others, you know, forensics. Um, doing some of the, the engineering work, all that stuff uh, kind of falls under cyber. Uh, and there's actually a lot of uh, jobs in cyber that people don't think about uh, because managing, as an example of being a manager, a people manager in cyber is a lot different than being a people manager in other areas like accounting or business or marketing. 
these cyber people are the, the, their personalities, their, their, their quirks and their, the way they do uh, their work is a lot different. And if you don't know how to manage that, it's going to drive you nuts. You know, they're, they're not eight to five people. They're, you know, 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. And then they, or, or 30 hours straight when they crash for two days, you don't see them. You have to make sure they didn't die or you know, you energy drinks. Um, and so that's a, that's a pretty, it's a pretty niche skill to manage uh, teams of cyber people that uh, a lot of, you, you don't think about. You know, we're going down the rabbit hole deep here because now you've said three additional things, which I want to combine and drill into a little bit. You talked about this neuroscientist, right? And you're talking about folks that have traditionally come from a traditional background, traditional educational system. And now all of a sudden you jump into a world where, you know, academia is just now trying to figure out what is that education to get these guys to be good cyber professionals. And we still don't actually know what it is. And so now we find ourselves in an unfortunate place where the bad actors greatly outnumber the the good actors. So how do we educate and train the next generation of cyber professional because we are starting from a blank slate? There is no 300 years worth of history of how to be a doctor, right? So where do we go from here? Well, there, there's a couple of things that, that you said that, that strike some, some thoughts. Uh, one of them, and, and probably the, the, one of the most important, and it touches on the last piece that, that you mentioned, and it is we have to improve the collaboration within the cyber industry. As a cyber professional, you've got to be willing and open to collaborate with other cyber professionals because you've seen stuff they haven't. They've seen stuff and responded to stuff that you haven't. But we've also got to share what we know with the people that are trying to get into cyber. They, they want to be a hacker or a forensics or an analyst or an engineer. We've got to, as quickly as possible, acclimate them to what that really means to determine if they're going to invest those three or five years in becoming that expert. Because if it's not, the, the faster they learn that and can pivot to a discipline that does better align with their, their personality and their, their career goals and their personal goals, the better um, the better make maintaining of that passion and desire that focus uh, and that's another problem people people want to get into cyber and, and it's hard because they pick the wrong focus mm-hmm. and because it was hard they just they changed their their career uh, goals altogether they now they're not in cyber and we actually see that a lot in junior high and high school uh, and not just cyber specifically but but with math and science in general you know kids are uh, uh, inherently inquisitive and curious and they, they, they apply that stuff uh, in challenging ways like science and math and, and as they come up through uh, junior high it's the social impacts that change their their focus and so um, you know very very talented math and science kids in junior high end up you know doing uh, art and and uh, theater and uh, other things because their friends do that or they're being pressured or criticized for being, you know, on chess club or, or super smart. Um, and so it's, it's no different in, in college it, is if you don't have the right mentoring and support and collaboration, then you're going to just, it's just human nature. We're going to choose the easiest path for any reason. One's because you, you, you know, discipline or, you know, your, your, your life choices or your life, uh, 
uh, in your environment, your, your family, you need money, you need more time off, you need whatever it is. It's too far to drive. It's not a remote job, things like that. Yeah, so, yeah that, that, that's a, a whole other conversation about how, yeah. you know, right, we're dealing with cybersecurity, but at the core of it, we're still human beings with all of those fallacies and uh, ability to be swayed by other people. Uh, but you said, uh, so along those lines, you actually said something super interesting, which was that we take the easiest path because we as human beings, I mean, honestly, we tend to be lazy sometimes. And when you're talking about this next generation of cyber professional, and they are, you know, honestly, kids, they're young, they're, they're, they're malleable, but at the same time, they're also going to be lazy. And so they're entering a, a, a journey where they've got to quickly figure out if this is a path, as you said, of what they wanted to do and learn the skills that are applicable today. But something you said before we started recording was that it's equally important to look backwards as it is to look forwards in dealing with the bad guys, because at the end of the day, because we are all human, and a little bit lazy, and the bad guys want what they want, they're not going to go recreate the wheel. They're going to do something that has worked in the past that has worked and take the easiest path. So how do we share with our students, hey, you know what? It is important for us to look back to as well as looking forward. And there is a balance. How do we do that? I think there's a lot of interesting ways of doing that. One is just giving them exposure to stuff. Uh, yeah, I took my son to the National Video Game Museum, which is here in, in North Texas, and there was a rotary telephone there on, the, on, a, on, on like a, a mock bedroom uh, where they had an Atari and some other game, old game systems. And there's this green rotary telephone, and he's like, what is this? And I said, that, that was a telephone, and you had to rotate the dial and, and do these things. And he said, well, how do you charge it? That's what's well, plugged into the wall. Back in the day, phone cables had power coming through them and this kind of thing. And he's like, this just doesn't seem right. And but but what what I, I had the opportunity to explain to him was, well, that was actually an attack vector a long time ago. Phone lines and even the rotary phones or the push button tone phones, uh, that was an attack vector. And if you didn't understand that, which by the way is still applicable today because there are still modems attached to organizations around the world, especially in the energy sector, oil and gas, you know, those remote uh, oil drilling and, and water pump sites, those are, those are using dial-up modems still in a lot of cases. And if you didn't know how to use a phone with touch tones and phone lines, then you wouldn't know how to, one, understand the attack, you know, possibly pre uh, prevent it or, or, or put something in place to identify the attack. But so that's a, it's a kind of a good example of, of learning backwards. Um, and to your point, you know, bad guys are lazy. Uh, a lot of the attacks that are even out there today, aside from some of the, the, the encryption stuff, uh, but some of the like traditional attacks are, are based on successful frameworks and attack, um, you know, malware and other things that were developed years ago. And they're simply taking that successful uh, pre-built, you know, robust framework and adding their, their little nuances to, to whatever their, their particular attack is. And Bad guys don't target, typically, bad guys don't, you know, pick somebody out and target them. They're very lazy 
and running just running queries and scripts across the internet looking for known vulnerabilities that they're skilled at attacking. And they'll be given those to determine if that's where they want to spend their time. Targets of opportunity. In case I didn't tell you, Mike, I'm a Haitian prince and I've got $10 million. I, I, I need to, I need your help to get out. Sure. <laughs> well, for those of our viewers who want to learn a little bit about you, Mike, maybe about Black Swan, what's the best way to get a hold of you? 855 Black Swan, info at Black Swan, Black Swan LinkedIn, uh, Black Swan on Twitter, uh, personally, uh, Professor Saylor on Twitter, uh, and also on LinkedIn. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you again for the time. I'm going to get one more question out of you for a bonus content. But for those of our viewers who don't know, we typically put two to three episodes up a week with interesting and fascinating folks like Mike. And uh, hopefully you gained a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of information and get that brain going a little bit more because the bad guys are out there and we need to keep up with them and hopefully stay one step ahead of them. So again, thank you, Mike, for your time. Be well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CyberPro podcast today. Please like and subscribe.